Right, uh, right, good morning. Am I allowed to open the mask? Okay, all right. So good to be able to speak without the mask. And I told my wife, uh, I saw uh, Brother Allen spoke without the mask. I said, wow, I'm glad I shaved this morning. And not only that, I said, I brought my denture. So I have my denture on. Can you hear me all right, or I need to adjust this? Or you have a platform I can stand high? Okay, it's good to be here, and uh, as our brother uh, Eng has rightly mentioned, uh, I've not seen many of you for the last uh, two years, two and a half years to be exact. Um, I'm glad to be here, honored to be here, and uh, I'm thankful that you are here, because that you and I know the pandemic have brought many misery, disrupted many of our, our time as, as well, our plan. And so uh, we consider blessed that we are still alive this morning and that we can worship God. If you are visiting with us, we thank you for your time to be with us. And I hope and pray that uh, whatever we're going to share today, that you will find it beneficial and uh, God bless your heart. Uh, that you have a spiritual interest, uh, you know, on the thing that's of a spiritual in nature. No one would, would actually consider or no one could actually expect or imagine a pandemic or social could happen in our lives. Um, no one. You thought that after the black break in Europe, you thought about the, um, was that Spanish flu? Right, no, I'm almost going to say, you know, Spanish fly or Spanish flu. Spanish flu that killed almost like 15 million. And today, you know, uh, COVID 19 had took over, infected over 507 million people on the earth. And as many of 6 million have died. Of course, it's pale in comparison to those uh, pandemics that happened at one time. But again, uh, no one, no one of us could ever imagine pandemic or such scale can happen. Why? Because we are living in this medical advancement. You know, medical sciences have advanced so much. We, you and I were just caught off guard. But things happened. COVID-19 has disrupted many of life. Businesses are affected. Industry has been affected. Airport has been like a big, you know, it's not a car park, but a taxi park, you know, for them to park all over the place. And eventually it translates into individual. When we have lost of income, we've been retrenched, we have business are not doing well. And subsequently, there are also people who die, who succumb to the COVID-19 virus. Well, we know that it's painful, isn't it? To see our loved one pass on. Especially those who are bread, so breadwinner of the family, they left the young children. And suddenly, our heart and our prayer go, with, go to them. How many have become orphaned? You know, the this is considered a trial and storm of life, isn't it? Thank God, if you and I have not suffered much because of this pandemic, perhaps our, our reserve can still last longer. Perhaps our health with providential care of God 
that we are what we are today. And I'm standing here, and you are sitting there to listen to me. And thanks be to God and praise to God. But again, many, many actually have not actually be able to stand and to say what we, we meant to say. Perhaps not, we are not talking about the pandemic, but perhaps we are looking at some of the trials of life that you are facing. Perhaps before the pandemic, you have some financial challenge, even before the pandemic. You and I know that sometimes when we have financial problems, it is considered a trial of life, a storm of life. It's okay if you are single, you're young, you're unmarried, but if you're married, you have family, and most of you have to take care of your aged parents. And that, that is a trial of life. It is certainly a trial of life. You do not know. Perhaps some of the loose coins that you use, you just come back, you just throw on the table and throw everywhere. And when you have problems, you start going to pick up those coins. And I have gone through that. And that was a terrible moment in your life. And perhaps you say, well, I don't have financial problems, but I, I perhaps have relationship problems. What are some of the relationship problems? Parents and, and children may not get along well. Wife and husband may not get along well. Your co-worker, your colleague, you may not get well. Perhaps employer, employee may have problems. Or perhaps you may have health challenges. I'm not sure today because of what we breathe in and what we eat. You know, there are so many sicknesses and cancer of all kinds. It seems like there are more people getting cancer nowadays. Sometimes I'm so fearful. I say, well, you know, what we eat, you know. And uh, imagine if one day a doctor were to tell you and diagnose you with cancer, how you will face it. Or perhaps it's not you, but your dear loved wife or your dear husband. Or perhaps your parent, perhaps your loved young one. But I tell you, that's a trial of life. None of us are immune to all these things. Even as Christians, Christians are human beings, you, just like you and me. When we arrive from the Baptist tree, we are still human. The only thing different is that we have spiritual blessing in Christ. We are still breathe and we still live and we still have to work. We still need to use money to go and buy food. Even those who are Christians. Apart from all that, apart from all the spiritual blessing, we have God as our God as our Father and the Lord as our master of our life. But we have also have challenges. So there is some of these trial of life or challenges of life that you can resolve. If you work harder or you perhaps you know find another way to survive, then it's okay. But again, you know that some of the trials of life at the end of the day, ultimately it leads to death, isn't it? But if that happened, what would you do? What would you do? Well, imagine if you are living, I think I have to just move a bit, okay. I tend to speak, go a bit uh, much back backward, right? Imagine, imagine if you are living in the first century, first century, whether you're Christian or you're non-Christian, and the medical sciences are not so advanced, and you have some kind of pandemic that happened, or perhaps you're living in, in the first century Christian, and whereby the, the Bible is not written yet, not fully revealed, and every Sunday you go to the, the synagogue, and you listen to apostles and all the faithful men of the past, 
reading from the Word of God, and you look forward to it every Sunday because there's no Bible that you can hold, except perhaps the old law has been written in scroll. It's not like today you can have a PDF format, you can send to WhatsApp. You, many of you perhaps have your Bible apps. You don't have those. Imagine you're living in the first century and you are facing trial. And what would you think would be the first thing you want to hear when you, you go to the synagogue and when you go and you want to hear the gospel being preached? Which books do you think that you like to hear the most? Or perhaps which topic you like to hear? In fact, the book of James is one of those early books that have been written. This is the earliest book that can be written. And imagine at what you had just what had been read by Brother Willie just now. He talked about trial. How exciting! After the first century Christian, after 3,000 were baptized, they are so excited. You know, the newfound truth. But at the same time, they have this message, ex exhortation, encouragement from the Word of God through James. Talk about the trial of life. Am I supposed to control from here or from here? All right. What do you, okay, where do you go to? Where's the password? Nothing. You don't have a picture. Password. Press it. Okay, just press this one. All right. We don't have a clicker. All right. Technology. Not many people come here. We bring a printer far. But you have your your uh, tablet or you know uh, or something of a digital format. And when you go, if you are the first century Christian and you go go to the state of God, and this is a message that preached to you, it say, "My brethren." How is all joy when you fall into various trials? King James Version probably said temptation. Knowing that the testing of faith produces patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him offer God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and towed by the wind. As I say, if you are reading the King James Version, it will read, the rendition will say, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations. You know, the word temptation here perhaps is more uh, to, to our knowledge, our English knowledge, we think about trial. Because when you talk about temptation, you know, we think about sinning, right? solicitation to sin, but that, that is not in its context. All right? Likewise, in Galatians 4, verse 14, Paul mentioned, My trial which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject. And you check with the King James Version, it says the same thing, trial there is being used as a temptation. So in this, 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 um, this uh, sermon, we want to look at the trial 
instead of using the word temptation. We know what a trial is. Something is perhaps is beyond your control. I know sometimes trial is relative, isn't it? If you are falling into financial problem, perhaps you say, I'm short 10,000. And someone who has 10,000 say, well, that's not a trial to him. Something is a challenge for you may not necessarily be a challenge for someone, but it could be a trial of, for that person who are facing financial problem. It could be the storm of life. And this is a trial. So what happened if you look at it and say, well, if I'm the first century Christian and I attend the synagogue and this passage will be read to me, and, and the first century Christian, they also face trial in their life. Perhaps in that context, the very immediate trial they face is perhaps persecution. Many of those young, those are first century Christians face persecution because of what they believe in. Because of their faith in Lord Jesus. And they were persecuted, just like Paul. Just like any other apostle. Paul was put into prison, not because something he did wrong. He did not do anything wrong, but because he preached the way. And was put into prison. And so perhaps they will suffer in this trial. But we're trying to think about it and say, using that passage of James chapter 1 verse 2 and say that was written so many years ago, more than two in the first century, and trying to apply it into the 21st century. Is the Bible, the Word of God, still relevant to us? Sometimes people say that, well, I don't understand why Christians just want to study the Bible. Not only they study on Sunday, they study on Friday, they study every day. Because we know there are relevancy, there are applications you and I can use. Or perhaps there are principles that we can know. Because God, God is the God of wisdom. He knows that what applies in the first century will equally apply in the 21st century. And this morning, as we look at this passage and we say, well, see how that applies to us. And whenever we, you, you and I face with trial in this life, could be any trial that you can think of. Could be financial problems, health challenges, or even take care of someone who is ill. Have you imagined taking of a, your aged parent who's confined to bed for so many years, not one month, but 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? That could be a trial in itself. It's not easy to be a caretaker. Not easy. And so what happened? Can we say something? And first thing that when, when we, we, we look into this uh, passage and we say that the first thing that, you know, you and I, when we fall into trial in this life, and what James said that he said, count it. It's like a count it all joy. It's in mind, you must have, have a good perspective. Whenever we have tried in life, we have problem in life, what is the first thing you and I will do? We were trying to think how to resolve this problem. Our mind, our perspective is at the problem itself. We do not look from outside and can look for another perspective, isn't it? Why not? And we say sometimes we get carried away between our problem. And that's true because we don't look at another perspective. But James said, count it. Like a command, he said, no, no, it doesn't apply to me. But he said, my brethren, my brethren, it, it, it applies to Christian. That's why we call ourselves brethren. Brother and sister, we are brethren in the Lord's family. Hey, brethren, what should you do? Oh, you're all joy. 
I think there must be a misprinted word somewhere. I said, how can it be joy? How many of you, when it, for instance, if I've been diagnosed with terminal cancer, I said, whoa, what a joy. None of you will say that, but James said they count it all joy. Not just some joy, but all joy. And you, when you fall into trial, challenges of your life, you can consider it joyful. How can it be joyful? Sometimes we think about the joy. It's what we define joy. It's not what God's definition of joy. Our definition of joy is I get a flying color you know, for my exam, good mark. I get a good promotion, good salary, good bonus. I bought a new house, I got a good new car. You know, our joy is always external source, you know. Defined by something external. Someone buy me a free lunch, someone give me a free trip to somewhere. But that's not God's definition of joy. God's definition of joy is different. Remember what Jesus said in the Mount, when he shared the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 10, he said that blessed are those. How can it be blessed? How can it be joyful? To those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kind and evil against you for me, for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Jesus our Lord said that blessed if they have been persecuted. Oh, that is a trial of life, especially to those young, to those first century Christians. It was actually a trial of life for them. But Jesus said, blessed, be joyful. What happened when the apostles were preaching everywhere? When they suffered persecution, they did not go into hiding, but they continued to go and preach. In Acts 5, verse 41, Brother said, and they agreed with him, and that they had called the apostles and beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So what happened when they departed and from the present council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name? I said, wow, these, these people have been persecuted. They've been commanded. They do not ever teach in in the way in the name of the Lord Jesus. But yet they went. They consider it suffer, worthy to suffer for his, his name. You you punish your children, young children. Have you ever heard your young children went away and joyfully and said, Yeah, I've been beaten? No. None. None. But here we see that the apostles, you know, they they, they counted it worthy, rejoicing they were counted worthy to suffer shame for their life or for his name. Paul was thrown into prison when he wrote the book of Philippi, uh, book of Philippians, writing to the Christian in, Philipp in the city of Philippi. Again, Paul was thrown into prison not because he had done some unlawful activity. Today we know that if you break the law, you go to the, to the jail. After you know, a, a fair trial had been given to you. But Paul said, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, all of us know that rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Or if you say, what, what do you mean, Paul? If we don't understand what rejoice, and he repeat that again, he said, and again, I say rejoice. 
In some way, it's a rejoicing moment. Count it all joy. When you have faith, when you face trial and challenge in your life, rejoice in the Lord. No matter what happened in this life, circumstances in this life, I still have, I'm still joyful because I have God as my Father. I have Lord Jesus as my Master of my life. In the Lord, I should change my perspective. Very often when I suffer trial, I forgot to look up and look to my Father for guidance, for blessing, for wisdom. And St. Paul, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. Not rejoice. Yeah, of course, it's natural for us to rejoice and be joyful when I get a promotion, when my business is doing well. But here Paul said, rejoice in the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, he said the same thing. He said, rejoice always. Rejoice always. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Whether there's a positive thing in life, negative in life, success or failure in life, proud or the absence, we are joyful. We are joyful rather than being carried away by the trial of this life, isn't it? Look from the other perspective. Look from the other perspective. Again, sometimes, ultimately, trial of life channels life. Perhaps health challenges can lead ultimately to someone who, who will pass on from this life. And I know, I know. But again, if we live as a faithful Christian, we know at the end of the day, when my, my life is taken away, I'm, I'm, hope, I, I'm ready to meet the Lord, isn't it? You and I know that we will not live here forever. This morning in the Bible class, Methuselah lived until 969. He still has a pass on. We are thankful if you can live until 90. But that's it. Perhaps. If at that time we still can walk, you know, if I do not repeat myself, perhaps there is still quality of life. If not, then what will happen? Recently, or when I read on the, on the Facebook, we know the war will be ongoing now between Ukraine and, and Russia. And uh, Sister Donna, or oh, you hold very dearly, the sister in Christ, who, and, and Brother Roger, who once worked here. And they actually work in Kiev, in Ukraine. And I saw in one of the Facebook things, and was checking with, with the, the brethren, with the Christian in Ukraine. And one, one of the sisters, in, in reply to what Sister Donna asked, she said, we are okay. Because we are ready for heaven. I said, wow, that is profound. I'm not sure I can say that. It is so profound. Look, that is the trial of life. The Christians there are facing the trial of their life. Their life can be taken anytime. Sometimes it's not your, your own doing, isn't it? Even though if you do not ride on the bicycle, larger, you can be. Not from behind somewhere. You can be driving your nice car. Someone can win. Sometimes it may not be your doing. But look at life from a different perspective, from the trial of a different perspective. Someone said, when life knocks you over, roll over and look at the star. How many of you literally go out and lie on the field and the star? No. Very often we just walk and we see here. And that, that is perhaps when trial of life happens, we're trying to look from another perspective. 
look from the perspective, at the end of the day, I'm heaven bound. Yes, it's difficult, but I should not give up my faith. I should not give up my struggle. Most importantly, we know that sometimes when trial life happens, challenge our life happens, we give up of our faith, give up of our attendance, give up of, of the, the person, that the God that we believe in. My bread and count it all joy. When you fall into various, uh, not if, not only if it happens, yeah, yeah, sometimes you know. When? What means it when? It means it, 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 actually, it can happen. Like you and I know that. Sometimes we say that, well, bad things should not happen to good people. Bad things should not happen to a faithful Christian, but it happened. We are all human. Job was was righteous person. And you know that. You and I know that. He suffered. He suffered. Not if, but when. You know, it seems like certain, and not only if, you know, when. You know, I remember the, 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 the parable that Jesus said about the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And so what happened is that when Jesus answered them and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. And this is the same phrase that you fall into very far, fell in, into the hand, fell among thieves. If the Good Samaritan had to know that, that he will be robbed, don't you think he'll take a different route or different route? Change his plan, change his traveling time, traveling journey, traveling time. I don't travel today, I travel next week. No. Sometimes it may imply that you can be fall into it suddenly, unexpectedly, unable to escape. Sometimes it may not, challenges of life may not be your own doing. It could be doing of some. And not only just try, it's a very try. Wow. One trial is bad enough. I said, very trial, very all kind. You and I know that sometimes when you're struggling with one trial, before you can resolve that, another trial comes, another trial comes. Sometimes we are thankful. And I count blessings for those people who can sail through their life without much storm. Some people's life is just storm after another storm, and another storm, and another storm. You and I know that. But they persevere through. Or toward the end of his life, in Second Corinthians four verse six, sixteen and seventeen, he said that well, whatever, do not lose heart. You know, those are our men in perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The only person who can say that is because he you know that he is, he's growing old. He's being punished, he perhaps is, is failed in his health. But he said, I am renewing very strongly inside me. Why? He said, for our light of fiction, we is but for money. He's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal will of glory. Not only exceeding, but far more exceeding and eternal will of glory. How much did Paul suffer? He suffered a lot. Later in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, how many stripes he got? How many times he got shipwrecked? I was beaten with rock. I was stoned three times. I was shipwrecked. Well, you say one shipwreck in Titanic, you know, bad enough. But he was shipwrecked three times. Day and night, I've been in a deep in journey in peril water, in peril of water, in the peril of my own countrymen, the Gentile in the sea. Whoa, all this is pale in comparison. If anybody would have given up his faith, perhaps you say it could be Paul. 
isn't easy that if you believe in something and you're persecuted because of your belief, what's the next easiest thing to do? Don't believe, lah. Give up your faith. And that's precisely. But Paul did the opposite. He was persecuted for what he believed, but he did not say, no, that's it. And over and over again in the book of Galatians, he was persecuted when he, he established the four churches in the southern city of Galatia. Later, he went back. If you've been punished when you were there, you still want to go back? Sometimes you say, how can Botasia? You don't know how to die. Ah. You know, you've already been beaten, you know, been persecuted, yet you want to go back. Or say that. Huh? Why? He looked from a different perspective. Yes, he's gone through trial in life. But he know that at the end of the day, he had not lost his faith in God. There's an eternal, far away, greater glory. We can sometimes, we, I know you and I take care of ourselves. We exercise. We take supplements. No wonder, you know, the direct selling company is doing so well. You know, we all take supplements. Or GNC is doing so well, you know, what kind of health supplement? We take all the necessary precautions, but sickness can still happen to us, isn't it? In my experience of hospital visit, especially those government hospitals, you know, sometimes I happen to talk to those who are beside, you know, whom I'm visiting. No doubt they are suffering, but a very common reaction I receive, the impression I live is that they're almost willing to accept what they are, knowing that could be the end. Chinese will say, Let Ming. You know, the Muslim will say, Suda di They're willing to accept because there's nothing much they can do. Of course, we hope that our medical insurance can cover it and help us. To have a proper medical attention or even to cure us of our sickness. But sometimes it may not happen. I fear, I, I fear to think of that day if it happened to me. Both my wife and myself will say that, well, if anything happened, if our medical insurance cannot cover, we just have to accept. Because it doesn't matter, sooner or later, we still have to die. Rather than live a quality of life, there's no quality at all. So we need to have the right perspective. When you fall in a trial of life, challenge of life, look at for another perspective, a broader perspective. Be rejoiceful because you are in the Lord. The next thing, we need to be, be, be joyful. We need to be joyful at the same time. As this picture says, we have to look at life from a different perspective. And also we need to look at life from a when we face the challenges, like look from the right purpose. Knowing that testing of faith produce, produces patience. Have we actually asked ourselves, perhaps many times more than that, why is this happened to me? I did I do all my, my the precaution of why should it happen to me? I'm a faithful Christian. I'm a faithful child of God. We often say that, isn't it? Perhaps sometimes you have gone to someone who has who faced a challenge in life, problem in life. It could be your friend, your relative, it could be even a brother or sister in Christ in the family. You could go to, to him or her and put your arm around her and say, 
all things happen for a reason. And I ask you politely not to say that. Because you do not know. Sometimes we tend to say, I may also make that mistake and go to someone and say, yeah, everything happened for a reason. No, don't say that. What happened? You, you say that for a reason. Do you know the reason? Yeah, perhaps that person who suffered maybe know the reason because he's not wise in his financial planning and he fall into Macau scam. I don't know. Today, many people fall into Macau scam. Say, I want to receive a phone call from okay, Aman. He said, I'm used. Um, I'm in uh, uh, warrant arrest been issued to me, and they say, um, you know, I said, what? What issue warrant warrant arrest? They say, oh, you, you found your name. He can spell your name correctly. Your IC number, mind you, to make you frightened that he get you as a true person. He said, you be involved in money laundering. Whoa, money laundering! I said, where are you calling from? He said, Bukayaman. Okay, Bukay Aman, I'll make a point, come and see you. They say, no, 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 Bukay Aman, it's not for you to come. Then say, we are no. Do not panic. Do not panic. But coming back to, to the lesson, you know, if someone said, do not say that, that it, it happened for a reason. All things happen for a reason. All bad things happen for a reason, not necessarily. Because you do not know the reason. If you want to find the reason, means you spend all the time, spend all the effort trying to find the reason, isn't it? How many of you have the heart when attending a funeral service of a young two years ago who just died? And you put your, your arms around the parent and say, God had a plan. Don't say that. I'm not ready to say that because you do not know. Just be present there. Your presence. If you don't know what to say, what should you say? Don't say anything. Because sometimes you may say something to the hero, to the sufferer. It may mean another thing. And it makes it worse. And so then it's offer some comforting word, some thought. And what does this First three towers says, knowing that the testing will open, knowing. What be knowing? Knowing is not something you acquire by studying, by reading. But the Greek word here means is, is you gain through experience. Knowing. And so what happened? It showed that if you go through the trial life, you will gain some experience. You gain some experience. What is the purpose? It's a purpose that, at the end of the day, will help you to be stronger, produce patient. Not the patient that you were waiting for your wife in a car this morning while waiting for her to make up. No, not that kind of patient. Of course, sometimes it does have to, you know, you have to wait, you know, persevere and say, well, is it going to get ready? It's time up, you know. You need to rush for church before the elders say, why well, you always heard it. Persevere. Perseverance, you know, steadfastness. It carry idea that you know, not not only to work it out, but continue to pick up, press on, and pressing on, and consistent living. Knowing that because you go through all the trials, that you have pick pick up through the experience, that you produce patience, you produce perseverance, steadfastness. Perhaps some of your body may have colors, callous. 
C A L L U S, right? Some thick skin uh, that has been formed either from your palm or your hand or your finger or whatever. When I was about six or seven years old, or perhaps nine years old, you know, those days when the butcher come to selling the, you know, in the in the tricycle selling meat, pork pork meat, my mom would say, hey, go and get the, you know, some uh, liver. Whoa! You thought you're living in in. Uh, in heaven, you know, liver at that time is expensive, you know. Today, nobody only eat liver. So he went to see. And sometimes this, this, this uh, butcher would, would, would talk to me and I touched my hand and I said, Whoa, he has very tough hand, very strong, full of very tough. The, the skin is very tough. I can't really make any connection out of it. But later, when I was waiting for my result in Form 5, so what do you do? Yes, plenty of time. I said, well, time to make some money, isn't it? Money is not going to grow on the tree. You to work. Parents not going to give you money. So I'm going to work. I'm going to go into the construction site for $10 a day. I said, wow, it's good money. <laughs> I said, you sweat it out. And the first day I was there and the Portuguese uh, hitman, you know, shook my hand. I said, whoa, his hand was the grip. And then it was so coarse. Why? Because he had been, later I know, because what we, we had to do, we had to shuffle. Shovel the sand and the cement and the gravel. Those days, there's no premix or concrete. Those of you who are in the building and construction industry know. There's no premix. There is a machine that you have bought. You have to shovel the, the sand and cement, 15, 15 shovel, you know, uh, how many to a certain ratio. And that explained to me why this guy have a handful of colors. So tough. By the time he finished 10, I was still struggling with my second shovel, the third shovel, you know. Wow, that 10 ringgit is, 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 is hard-earned money. I tell you, it's hard-earned money. But I came through life and I know this, this is a patient. My Huawei phone actually had fingerprinting, uh, fingerprints uh, recognition. Once in a while, in the room, I have to change my fingerprint. Yeah, then why? Because I use this one. This is where I play my ukulele. And I have in my finger, there's a curses all form. And what the body is trying to tell you, the calluses are formed when too much pressure and your skin says that it's not enough. I'll build a layer, a hard layer of skin to withstand and endure those inflicting pressure. And that's what calluses is being built. If you do not believe me, kind of shake hand. Of course, I don't ask you simply shake hand with anybody. Those who are, you know, who, who blue collar worker, you know, they, they use their hand and hold a machine, either a cleaver or a shovel or anything at all. You know, because it is painful, isn't it? But sooner or later, those calluses will form. It's a hard skin to withstand those pressure, and that is what you're supposed to build. I say when you face trial in life, at the right place, because all this knowing that gain through all these things, you will produce perseverance. It will help you to produce your perseverance, and it is it the patience testing on your faith. Why is that testing on faith? You and I know that the real test of faith is not because I go to church on Friday, I go to church on Sunday. The real test comes when you face challenges in it. At that time, when you come to church, the, the elders and deacons will say, okay, you come today, 100 months, you know? No. The real test of faith is when you face challenges in your life, whether you still hang on to what you believe. Hang on to the principle of God that I still believe that God still protect me, that God will provide me a way out. 
Peter said in First Peter chapter one, verse six, say, "In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials." You know something we read just now. How you all know, when you are encountered with various trials, and he said, "Greatly rejoice." Sounds like what we have read just now in verse 2, isn't it? Greatly rejoice. He said, don't for a little while. Paul said the same thing, just for a little while in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For a light affliction, which is but for a moment, is the same thing, for a little while. What happened in verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 1? That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is casted by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. Can you continue to hang on your faith and can you continue and say you will continue to give praise and glory to God? Yeah, perhaps that's what he's saying. Why are we facing trial of life? Why are we facing challenge of life, God? It's a testing of our faith. Is your faith strong enough to face trial? Is your faith strong enough? To withstand the challenge of life, to test your faith. Is your faith strong enough to continue that you will enable you to continue to praise, glory, and honor to God? We say that the strongest steel is tested by the hottest fire. Not sure if you have visited any steel mill but they burn to the highest degree possible to melt the iron and then produce a higher degree of steel I had the opportunity to visit the line uh, uh, steel plant and we were like standing like perhaps 200 feet and when the big iron steel came out you can see red hot iron coming out and for 200 feet I can still feel the intense heat And when you face the trial of life, when you are putting in the fire, you call the challenge and trial of, of, of life, and my faith can be tested to that degree. Shadrach, Meshach, and Amenigo, the three Hebrew children or the young kids, right, were thrown in the furnace of fire for disobeying King Nebuchadnezzar. What happened? Nebuchadnezzar said the decree. They said you must do certain things, but they disobey. And finally, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to throw them into the furnace of fire. And that the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 19, the Bible says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and expression on his face, changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Amenego. He spoke and commanded that they, the, they hit the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Seven times, I'm not sure how they, they measure at the time. To heat up the furniture seven times more than it was commonly burned. In verse 22 of Daniel chapter 3. Therefore, because the king command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Satan Mishet and made it go. Hey, Satan Mishet, these three young Hebrew kids, that's supposed to be burned. But at the end of the, the soldier were caught burned. But these three young Hebrew men believed in God, even in the face of death. They believed and trusted in the providence of God. 
to us when the trial like look at a purpose it will make us stronger there is a purpose to help us to pers to persevere so that we are get great we can form a greater perseverance definitely and totally we need to have the right perseverance Whoop. right person let your patient have your perfect that you may be perfect complete nothing you know those of you well, from Malacca, you know that the idea of pursuing carry something under load. A coolie, you know, those days in Malacca, you know, you have the tongkang. The ship cannot come close to the river, Malacca River, because it's always full of sand and sediment, you know, because someone always use that wash away and throw the garbage laden with sediment and whatnot. And so when the cargo ship arrived in the Sri Malacca, the Tongkang had to go out and then come in. And then you have the coolie carry bag full of rice, probably 50 kg, or perhaps some other thing. And I often look at them and say, well, you know, they walk on this very kind of frenzy looking wooden planks and they carry and then sway according, you know, and then walk across. What will happen if the coolie will just give up? That's not persevering. They must be able to carry that load from one end from the Tongkang to the to the warehouse. And at the end, they will give a, you know, some kind of stick so that you say, okay, this is uh, your token. Next, after, next, afterward, you can exchange it to money. All right, patient, person bearing under load. Continue, keep on enduring. Keep on enduring. What will happen? He said, when you continue to persevere, at the end of the day, and he said that let, you know, either let indicate that it must run its course. He says, let no choice, let it go. If you let it run its course, you know, you use the English word let, mean let it happen, let it happen. What will happen at the end of the day? The perfect word that you may be perfect. You have reached a greater spiritual maturity with God. Your relationship with God will mature. That you'll be perfect. You'll be complete. My person will help me to be able to help others. Many of you know that when you've gone through the trial of life, sometimes those challenges of life, it help you when you overcome it. And someone have that similar problem and say, well, you know, yeah, I have experience that I can share with you what I've gone through. I'm complete. And not only that, the perfect word, I may be perfect, I may be complete, and I'm lacking nothing. I'm not left behind. My endurance will make me stronger to move to another phase of life. If I were to preach this sermon 30 years ago, I may not have that insight. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when I was a young Christian, I looked at, yeah, yeah, what's very strong. Today, you might be blessed because. You are still studying, or perhaps you are just young, starting out in a new family, or perhaps your employment, uh, your career path is all well laid out, your family is doing well. We, we may not have the, the, the trial and the challenges like yet, yet. But do not let your gut down. Not if it happens, but when even are you ready? Am I ready? So the, 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 the challenge for it is to build our faith. When I still have the opportunity to build my faith, so that I will be stronger, that I will be not left behind. Trial come to strengthen us to a greater level of faith and perseverance. 
And I say that that is my, my perspective. If trial of life happened to me, if challenger of, life, challenger of life happened to me, can I resolve with a greater, with a different perspective, with, with a right purpose, and with the right perseverance? But that's not all, isn't it? You and I know that today, why I am a Christian, why I am a believer of God. It's because that's another avenue of divine intervention we call prayer. If any of you lack wisdom, let him offer God. In this context, you know that when someone you're facing trial of life, when you're feeling challenges in life, of course, naturally, we sometimes talk to the someone who has similar experience or someone who is expert in the field. If you have 1,000 and 1,000 acres of oil palm plantation and you know that you're going to lose out a lot of money because it's not producing, who do you think you call? You call Prince Yangkun. They say, why my, my oil pump is not, not yielding, you know, per acre? Well, the CPO is going up to, what, 8,000. I know you're going down to 6,000 very soon. I say, why? Of course, naturally. But here in the context, say, in this context, when you face withdrawal and turbulence life, where you go to? Go to ask for God. And interestingly, if you and I, but to write a sentence, a uh, uh, string of sentences, you know, English sentences, whatever. Right? When you say, ask, ask from someone, right? why ask of God? I think it's not wrong English, isn't it? You use wrongly. Why ask of God? Unless we understand Greek translation. And it comes from the Greek translation, ask of. It's, it's come from the, the, the Greek word being translated, para, parallel. Parallel from God. It's just like the words are comfort, parakaleo. Right in Second Corinthians, the one verse three and four, you know, Paul said that blessed be God, the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, the, the God of all comfort, who comfort us in all tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which you, you yourself are comforted by God. It comes from the word para, parallel. Parallel say the same thing. Comfort when you comfort someone, you want, of course, today you comfort someone by texting WhatsApp. You know, I'm sorry. You have to. But what is another best effective way? Nothing. Go to that person and talk to the person. Put your hand a, a, around him or her. You know, pray together with him. Isn't that would be a greater, greater, more personal encouragement to that person? And so when you are lack of willing, ask of God. God is along your side. I remember when I was... Uh, working in the oil and gas industry as a well-site engineer. You are stationed out in the, in the middle of the ocean that, that the chapter would take, like, helicopter would take one hour to fly there. And, uh, you know, when you're out there, you need supplies, and you need a supply of food. You know, we need to eat steak, lobster, you know, not a very good food there in the galley. But besides that, you need to rice and anything, you know, drinking water, anything, even the supply uh, chemicals, you know, for the drilling mud, you know. A drilling mud is a drilling, uh, you know, that, that uh, when you drill a well, you know, the cutting needs to be come out. You need to have mixed with chemical muds, you know. So all they come in. And, and, the, and, the, and the boat will come, come alongside, alongside. They cannot just, the, 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 the cargo come, they just throw up, you know. They have to use, come alongside. So that the crane will pick up whatever cargo and put it onto the orbit. They are not so far away that 
that the, the, the crane cannot reach. So what he said? Ask of God. God is not in the distant universe. Sometimes we think that now I shall say my prayer. I think how many light years, you know, God is way, way, way out in another universe. It takes a couple of light years before you answer me. No, 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 no. When you are lack of wisdom, bless him our God. God is new, not in the far distant universe. God is right in your life, beside you. And that is what he says. And what happens when you ask? He gives it to you. He gives it to you. The verses that don't say give or given or give gifts. Good thing I put on my denture. Others give God give it to you. How liberally without reproach, and it will be given to you. Ask. Have you ever asked someone? In he will come stingy. Want to give to you? Or it. Ask without reproach. Without reproach and it will be given to you. Have you ever, ever experienced you ask for help someone and someone can look at you and say, how many times you have to ask to come and ask for help? You know, or say very condescendingly, I uh, those days ask you to study hard, you don't study hard, ask you to work hard, you don't work hard now, I only give you things. That's not the God you and I believe in. If you lack of wisdom, God is right beside you who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And that's the God you and I believe in. That's why when you face with trial and challenge your life, do not give up your faith. That you can still give praise and glory and honor to God because of the fact that the God is there to help us. And when you ask, ask in faith. In full trust, in full confidence, do not doubt. How much thing, how much doubt should you have? Very often we are, we ask for something and say, ah, maybe, maybe not. You know, we don't we don't have that confidence. But can we believe and trust that God will give it to you without reproach? You who doubt is like us. Like sometimes we know that God God answer prayer. How how does God answer answer prayer? How do you like God to answer your prayer? We always like to hear a positive answer. Nobody wants to receive a no answer from God. God knows what is best to give to us. Sometimes God can say yes. God can say no. God can give, tell you, wait, 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 wait. Or God can give you even something far more better than you can even imagine. And this is a God that you and I believe. God will give to us. God. As a parent, sometimes, how, how often we give to our kids? Does everything he asks you give? No, right? Some of the things we don't give up with our kids. Or sometimes we give better. Does God answer prayer? Does God hear prayer? Yes. But the problem is that we do not want to take no for an answer. We always want yes for an answer. We want to yes to solve the problem, to solve the trial of life. But God they have something even better for us. Something. And you take a great faith to, to be able to accept what God tells you. If it is a no answer. And so what happens? When you are faced with trial and temptation in your life, 
like the first century Christian, they may be persecuted for their faith. If today we are not persecuted by our faith, but because of the trial and challenges of life we face, could be health challenges, could be financial challenges, could be relationship problems, could be any trial that you can think of that almost derail you, we must face the trial of life with the right perspective, with the right purpose, and with the right perseverance. And to top it up, it's a right prayer, a prayer of faith, not doubting. In 1904, that was like what, 120 years ago, 119 perhaps? 1904, this gentleman by the name Mr. Walter Martin was supposed to preach to another congregation quite far away. You, you can imagine. You know, 1904, there's no, no car, you know, probably on a mule or on a horseback. And that morning, he was scheduled to preach, you know, perhaps to KK congregation. So it's so far away, perhaps it take like whole day, almost half a day to travel to KK. And the wife, Mrs. Martin, was found sick. They said, oh, I think I better stay home and to take care of my wife. What happened? In my absence, something happened. So while he was pondering about whether to go or not to go, the young little boy told, came out to him and said, Dad, why don't you go and preach? Don't you think that God will take care of mom? Well, as a man of family, you know, when the little boy tells you like that, well, your ego said, yeah, I should have a greater faith, you know, I, I'm not going to let my, my kid look down and say, okay, I'll go. And he went. He took half day there and evening toward the evening, he came back. And when he, he came back, and he found that the wife, Mrs. Martin, was so much better. And Mrs. Martin handed over him a note. And here there's a note he said, Be not dismayed, whatever be time. God will take care of you. Beneath his wing of love abide, God will take care of you. Through days of toil when heart will fail, God will take care of you. When danger fears your path assail, God will take care of you. No matter what may be the test, God will take care of you. Lean, very one, upon his breath. God will take care of you. I'm sure you will find this in your hymn book with the title, God will take care of you. And you look at the top left corner, you have civilized Jeffy Martin. And on the right-hand side, you have Walter Martin. Mrs. Martin wrote the release, and Mr. Martin put in the music note. And that is the same that you have in your songbook. But God will take care of you. I hope you are encouraged. As we come to the end of this sermon, there can anything that can happen in your life there are things that I'm prepared for, but there are not things that I'm not prepared for that I have to face with it, the challenges and trouble. As I look back on what I have faced, I say, wow, you know, I'm glad I gone through it. I'm glad I did not just give up my faith. I'm glad that along the way there were people come and help me. In my life. And I hope that if you ever face the trial of your life, do not give up. Do not give up your life. Do not give up your faith. The little boy believed it. 
Mrs. Martin believed it, and Mr. Walter Martin finally also believed that. Believe for what? God will take care of everything. If you are a faithful Christian, bless your heart. If you are not faithful, doesn't need a challenge to make yourself more faithful. We have friends and visitors in our midst, and certainly we are glad you are here with us. But again, our God will take care of you. You may be well right now financially. You thought I'm in perfect health, but you never know. Isn't that sometimes we call a, a, a negative say, hey, someone go, huh? I thought he's so healthy. How come? Well, thing can happen. Thing can happen. The moment you see me, the next moment you may not see me. Anything can happen. It is time to take action now. COVID-19 pandemic has certainly taught us many things. And one of the things that taught us is that we value life. Isn't it? Our life is so precious and our life is so delicate. Some of our lives sometimes happen. Perhaps we know that we also need it because we will learn to embrace the storm of life because we need rain anyway. Sometimes some of our life comes and not destroy anything. But it helps to clear your path. Thank you so much for your attention. I hope you are encouraged. Shall we stand and sing the song?